what I want to do tonight is I want to break with tradition, and uh, I'm not going to look at a psalm tonight. I'm going to look at Matthew 5 and the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to use this opportunity um, as your pastor, as a pastor, as a Christian, to speak to what is happening around us and to help us as Christians process uh, what is going on and how we are to respond to what we're seeing. So I'm going to uh, sort of ignore the pandemic tonight, uh, and I'm also going to, not going to go to the Psalms, but I, I'm going to look at Matthew 5. So let me, let me pray briefly, because I think it's important what I say and how I say it. Father, we pray that uh, you would help us learn from your word how we are to respond as Christians to what we see happening around us and and in our own lives, in our own communities. Uh, some of us are directly affected by that. Others are indirectly affected by that. But we pray that you would give us the right Christian, Christ-like response to these events and this ongoing uh, crisis. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the issues that uh, we are dealing with, um, of course, uh, is the protests and the riots and the looting and uh, police shootings and protesters getting hurt and police getting hurt, uh, both sides, um, all seemingly sparked more specifically by the killing of George Floyd by a police officer in Minneapolis uh, that seemed to um, start this new cycle of protests and, and, and unfortunately violence as well. That's not a new thing. We've certainly seen it happen many times. And of course, in our own community in uh, Ferguson, this is a familiar issue and a topic of um, conversation and struggle and wrestling for, for uh, five years now. So this is what's happening. How do we respond to this? Now, admittedly, this is a complex issue. There are many uh, facets and aspects to what is happening around us. But I want to bring something very important here, and that is that I am seeing many Christians respond to what is happening around us by simply repeating what they hear from certain sources. Now, I'm not going to pick on any one particular source. What I am concerned with as a pastor and as a Christian is that we are listening to certain voices and we are simply following what they're telling us. We're accepting what they're telling us as, as absolutely true, and we're, we're just responding the way we are told to respond. Now, if you are a Christian, the question I have to ask, the question you have to ask is, which voices am I listening to? Where does my information come from? What shapes my response to what I'm seeing around me? And if you are a Christian, the only answer to that question is, is the voice of Jesus. That is the only answer. Because we are followers of Jesus. And so what should shape our response, what should tell us how to react, is what Jesus says. It's what he tells us. So my first point of correction, and I am saying this to myself and to any other Christian, is that we ought to listen to Jesus. Are we listening to other sources, other voices more 
then we are listening to Jesus. Now, we have to listen to other voices. I'm going to address it in just, just a minute. doesn't mean we're, we're not listening to anybody else. But are we prioritizing the voice of Jesus? Are we listening to Him and letting Him shape our response, our attitude, our reaction, what we do, how we get involved? That is a very important fundamental question. If you have not asked yourself that and answered in the way that I've answered this, I, I don't know what else you can do right. You have to start that. That's fundamental. That's basic. The question is, who are you following? Are you a follower of Jesus first? And through that lens, you interpret what politicians say, what officials say, what certain media outlets say, what journalists report, what your friends on social media say. All of that has to be interpreted through the lens of what Jesus tells us. If you're a Christian, by definition, you are a follower of Jesus. You follow him. You believe what he says. You do what he says. You respond in the way that he has responded and he wants you to respond. That is the Christian response to whatever is happening around us, but specifically to what's happening around us, which is, as I said, very complex. And it's easy just to take side with a particular voice and just do what that voice tells us to do. But we cannot do that as Christians. We have to be wiser than that. We have to be more faithful than that. We have to listen to the voice of Jesus. So I'm going to read what Jesus says, and then I'm going to apply it to this particular situation. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. His disciples came to him. His followers came to him. He's talking to his people. He's talking to us. He's telling us how to live. Verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now this is what Jesus is saying. This is how he wants us to respond, how he wants us to live. So let me just work through it really briefly, and I want to apply this to, to our particular situation. As I read through it, as I, as I touch on a few of these things, please keep in mind that your attitude matters. How we respond, not just what we say, but how we say it, not just what we do, but how we do it, really matters. A lot of these qualities are, are inner qualities. They're, they're issues of the heart. Okay. So first Jesus says, blessed are, the, blessed are the poor in spirit, verse 3. To be poor in spirit means to be humble. It means to be humble. It means not to assume that I understand, that I have the right information, maybe only I have the right information, that I have a complete handle on this, 
We are to be humble, which means we are to, to listen. We are to pay attention to what different people are saying without the assumption that we understand and we got it all figured out. To be poor in spirit is, is to be humble. It also means to, to associate and to build connections and to feel camaraderie with those who are poor, who are persecuted, who are oppressed. This is the group of people that Christians typically need to naturally connect with because we are poor in spirit. We are humble people. This is who Christians are supposed to be. We're not arrogant. We don't claim to understand everything. We are poor people. We are humble people, so we naturally connect with those who are poor and humble. So when you think about your response, when you think about how you react, whether in your conversations or on social media, or what you do with your time and energy, are you, is your response characterized by humility, by willingness to understand, by listening to different voices in humility, and yet prioritizing the voice of Jesus who calls you to be humble. Secondly, Jesus says that, Jesus tells us that blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. One of the first responses that a Christian needs to have in the face of a tragedy or a crisis is weeping, is lamenting. There's loss of life. There are people's lives and businesses and and families are being, communities that are being destroyed, we are to weep. Even though we may not understand exactly what led to it, or who's at fault specifically, but seeing that ought to make us mourn. Not say, I told you so, not exalt in, 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 in that in any way, but, but to mourn with those who mourn. And then thirdly, Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. To be meek means to, to not, not, have, not feel the necessity to prove that I am right. That's what meekness is. Meekness simply means that I don't need to prove to everybody that I'm talking with that my view is correct, that I've been right all along, that everybody else is wrong. I don't need to justify myself. A Christian never needs to justify themselves because we have been justified by faith in Christ. God accepts us, and so we are okay if we don't prove to everybody around us that we are right. Which means that when we are interacting on these complex issues, we cannot ever say, yeah, but, disregarding the point and just simply bringing up another point to shore up our own argument. That is not meekness. I mean, you may win an argument, you may stop an argument, but that, are not, that is not meekness, it's self-exaltation. It's proven that you understand and you have an argument to match their argument without listening to the concern, without actually processing what their point is. Jesus wants us to be meek. Are you following Jesus in that? Are you listening to his voice? And is your response to the current crisis is marked by meekness. Then Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. As Christians, we hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
Let me give you another translation. We hunger and thirst for justice. We want things to be right. We want to see people treated well. We don't want to see discrimination. We don't want to see racism. We don't want to see uh, certain kinds of lives being valued less. That is unchristian. And so for a Christian to respond to this particular crisis is to seek justice, is to seek righteousness, and not just to seek it as sort of a hobby, but to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness, justice, rightness should be so important to us. It's, it's, it's like it's food and water for us. And so Christians should never be okay with saying, yeah, there's some racism, but we've made good progress. Mm -mm. We should be hungry to stop it. We should be thirsty to end oppression. Now, knowing that the world is broken, of course. Knowing that full restoration won't come until Jesus returns. Yes. But our job is, our hunger and our thirst is for righteousness. Then Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful. We are to be merciful people. We are to be gracious people. We are to be people that go toward the broken, that go toward those who are suffering, that are naturally connecting with people who need mercy, who need the benefit of the doubt, who need another look at their circumstances. This is the Christian response. Jesus calls us to be merciful because Jesus is merciful. And he has shown us mercy. So if you are a Christian, you're only a Christian because of God's mercy. So how can you not extend mercy to someone else? Even to the extent that Jesus takes it and he says, love your enemies. Even those who are on the other side of, a, of the ideological spectrum, they deserve your mercy. Not because they deserve it, because Christ commands us to be merciful. And then Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart are the sincere people. Christians, we shouldn't spin what's happening. We shouldn't use what's happening. We shouldn't take a new story and then use it to prove a point or to gain leverage or to gain advantage or to, to score a point for our side. That, that, is, that is not how a Christian is to respond. We are to be pure in heart, sincere. We're, we're going to deal with the real issues. We're not going to spin it. We're not going to use it. We're not going to manipulate it. That is unchristian, unchristian. The next, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We are to be peacemakers, which means that as we go into situations, we need to go into situations and we need to bring peace with us. That means we can't stay away from these tough issues. That means we cannot just be on the sidelines. We have to engage on whatever level is appropriate for you in your life, in the position that God has placed you, in the influence that God has given you. But we are to use our influence towards peace, towards reconciliation, towards healing, towards hope. This is what Christians are 
supposed to do. And then Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against your falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now notice that this persecution that Jesus is promising to us is for for righteousness sake because we do something right and it's on his account because we stand for Jesus and we do what Jesus wants us to do. So what Jesus is saying is that we should be okay for being persecuted and reviled and cursed for being right about this issue from Jesus's perspective for being meek, for being merciful, for mourning, for seeking peace, for hungering and thirsting for righteousness. This is what the response response of the followers of Jesus should be. Now, this is what Jesus tells you. And, And the big question here is, are you listening to his voice? Are you following him? Or are you committed to another cause? Are you following another leader? Are you listening to another narrative? It's very important for us to be thoughtful and wise and process that. And yes, we should be angry at the injustice. We should be angry at the violence. Absolutely. There is the right kind of anger. But that anger, that dissatisfaction with what's happening around us, should lead us to seek peace and to extend mercy and to be meek, and to be humble, and to be sincere, and to do what Jesus wants us to do, to be his people, his followers, even in this very complex world. So I'm going to encourage you to do some reflection, to look through your social media uh, profile and, and your comments and what you've posted, what you've liked, what you have forwarded and reposted it, Look at that, and you have to ask yourself, is what I'm doing on social media or in person, is it following the voice of Jesus? Is it characterized by these qualities and attitudes that Jesus gave us in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount?